Hello, it's Sarah Archer and you're listening to episode number four of the Speaking Club podcast. Let's rock and roll. Welcome to the Speaking Club podcast, because making them laugh is the secret sauce to your speaking, pitching and business success. And now your host, Sarah Archer. Hello and welcome to the show. This week, I'm joined by Helen Saxton from Charadery. And Helen's business is quite unusual as regards team building. It's all very intriguing. Hmm, there's a clue there. And Helen has got some great tips for us in the show about engaging your audience. Uh, sometimes, especially in corporate workshops, some of them don't want to be there. How do you manage that? And then she's also got some great tips for uh, pitching. She just won a big pitching competition. And also just how to manage being an entrepreneur with all the other pressures of your life. Still, enough from me. Let's head over and listen to Helen. Hi, um, welcome to the show, Helen Saxton from Charadery. Hello, thank you, and lovely to be here. I mentioned in the intro that you have an unusual business. Before we uh, go into that, I wanted to find out a bit more about your story. You know, what were you doing before you created Charadery, and and how did you how did you get here, really? So yeah, it's um it's a kind of interesting story. Um, a sort of my influences from childhood of sort of how I've got here. Um, I've just always loved murder mysteries. Um, it's just something that's in me. I think my mum always read Agatha Christie books. So you know, I, I sort of picked them up and re- read them from a young age. I've always loved the whole element of solving crimes. Um, right from a from a young age. My father was an art teacher, so I'm sort of um I've got that artistic element in me. Um, I started off actually doing theatre design. I did my degree in theatre design at Nottingham a long time ago. Spent quite a while working in theatre designing sets and costumes always really wanted to be on stage but was never quite good enough <laughs> I'm sure that's got to I'd rather be up on stage but you know kind of showing off basically um but that's kind of all in my blood and it just sort of all culminated in in charadry really um about 10 15 years ago because obviously writing and performing murder mysteries kind of encapsulates everything that I love to do I love to perform I love writing um I love the whole solving of, of a crime and it, and that's how it sort of came about really so you, you are really following your your passion yes definitely yeah mm. and it's and it sometimes it feels like you're cheating a bit because I just think I shouldn't be having this much fun <laughs> <laughs> so so tell us a bit more about charadery I mentioned I mean you've mentioned the murder mystery angle it is a bit different to the usual sort of run-of-the-mill team building activities uh so yes. tell us about it yeah, so I basically the idea is, I mean, I say about 10, 14, 10, 15 years ago, I started Shradri Up, very much as a sort of paid hobby at the time. And just um, over the last four or five years, I've just started to think, actually, this is really a good tool to get people to work together. I mean, it's it's very simple. It's not sort of, it's not rocket science. I, you know, I, I sort of say it quite often. I'm not trying to sort of reinvent anything, but just the, the fact of getting a group of people together to try and solve a crime in our case a you know a, a murder and not a real one obviously it's just a great way of getting people to work together and isolating and, and sort of getting people's different skills together and getting them to, them to appreciate that everyone works in a different way I think is something that I've sort of discovered quite a lot along the way some people are very much I'm not going to make any decisions until I've gathered every single scrap of information that I can find and then I will decide who I think it was and some <laughs> people are like oh I think it was him he's got dodgy eyes or you know and and it's, it's interesting because some people don't work well together because they don't work in the same way 
Um, but learning to embrace that and realising that actually that you can help each other in that way is, is, is really rewarding to see when they're sort of working together to, to solve it, really. It sounds like it can get quite intense at times. Mm, it can. And people get, and it can be quite scary for me. Because, <laughs> I mean, in, obviously, because I've written them myself and I generally perform in them with a team of actors. I know exactly what's happening, as do my actors, but also I can think on my feet and I can change things if necessary um but sometimes you will have written this entire scenario and someone will come up go off on a complete tangent um on something that could you know feasibly have happened and you're just um a bit like rabbit in headlights sometimes thinking that didn't cross my mind at all and they are adamant that this you know this long lost brother they've invented or i don't know something that <laughs> they've gone off on a tangent with and and they can people can get quite sort of very protective of their ideas and quite sort of um well, not cross, but just very like, no, I think, I definitely think this is, you know, this is what happened, almost sort of saying, no, I think you're wrong, even though you wrote it. <laughs> I think it should have happened like this. Is that that sort of like, I must be right? I can't, there's, and then they get entrenched in that, I must be right sort of thing. Yeah, and I think there's a danger that that, that can sort of negate the, the, the good that you do in working together, because actually it's not about whether you get it right at the end. And you <laughs> have to remember that, and I have to remember that when I'm writing them. It's all about, the getting there so that's why I make sure that they are full of full of clues um some red herring some not because as I said earlier it's no point it being too easy or too ridiculously hard and actually the whole the point of it is or the point of the team building element obviously is picking out the bits of clues looking out for verbal clues looking out for non-verbal clues looking at body language um sort of how it how you collate all that information how you put it together how you work it out and actually at the end of the day it doesn't really matter who did it um, so long as you've worked together to come up with a feasible or sometimes completely unfeasible. <laughs> I mean, obviously, this is this is the speaking club. So we, we, we all think speaking and, and yeah. this is very much part of that. But for speakers who run workshops, I mean, this is slightly, I would say it's an unusual workshop, but I bet you get people turning up that have been forced into it or yes, just yeah, and yeah. quite negative at the start you know have you have you got any tips for how how to get them engaged I think the, the trick with getting people engaged is it sort of for me it goes back to even being at school where sort of remembering the teachers that used to engage me were the ones that seemed human to me um and they they came across you know they I, I seem to remember an English teacher from when I was at primary uh, sort of secondary school who mentioned that she'd got a boyfriend um, and I just it's really stuck in my mind because I remember thinking gosh she's really she's called that all our teachers you know it was it was it was a sort of little bit a glimpse into her home life um, and we all of us the whole class loved this teacher she really did engage us and I think there's an element of not standing up and telling people what's happening but definitely an element of like you know we're, we're just going to work on this together I'm very much myself when I'm talking I'm sort of conversing with them not talking at them that yeah. makes sense. It sounds obvious, really, but I'm not pushing, very important not to push people to do things they don't want to do. As you say, you, you do get some people that are sort of there because they have to be really, or, you know, sort of been pushed into it. And you get very good at gauging who those people are and who aren't. You sort of, you know, you can spot the people that want to be the leaders, spot the people that are happy to sit back and spot the people that already don't want to be there. And it's kind of giving them a, a role that they can do, which they're not uncomfortable with you know so why don't you when you're talking for example to this actor in, in character make a note of all the things he said that 
relate to this clue that you need to find out um, and just give them a kind of a, a very sort of simple thing to do that just starts to get them engaged and obviously because it's the murder mystery hopefully that sort of engages them as well because they are being told a story and I think that's that's very important let's say going back to the teachers um, when you're being taught something if it's embroiled in a story of some description it just sinks in better it engages you more because you want to know what happens so you're you know you you're, you're you've got the beginning and you've got the middle and then you like you want to know what happens at the end and that's very much what we do and I think that's what engages them really yeah I think storytelling and humor are my like biggest things for speakers yeah. in terms of being effective and engaging audiences and I guess yeah. that's you know, that's obviously a big part of what you do and people get we love stories we just crave stories you know mm -hmm. intrinsically since since caveman days since even before we could talk we had cave paintings which were yeah. stories you know and and before writing was invented we had to rely on memory so context and meaning was a way to remember important things yeah it's absolutely yeah, yeah. Absolutely true. and so keeping people kind of in their comfort zone to start mm. off with, yes yeah and then trying to put some context and relevance and meaning around things whether this is obviously a there is a story but if you yeah. are yeah. running a workshop again try and use stories to to keep people engaged yeah. and involved yeah because I, I mean I'm a I'm I'm not a great believer in taking people massively out of their comfort zone I'm not sure that always is necessarily productive mm. so there's an element of, of getting people to do something they wouldn't normally do and sort of challenging perhaps the way they sometimes work or um or their perceptions of how other people work um so yes yeah, so there's certainly an element of sort of pulling them up up into a different a different area and um I noticed that on your sort of tagline on the website was light-hearted yet challenging was what you put. Yes. So how, how do you weave the, what's the light-hearted bit? How do you weave that in? Is it, is it intrinsic in the stories that you write or is it in the discussion around the possibilities? How does that, how do you bring that to life in the, in, it, in the event? It's interesting. I, it's very, it's quite a simple device really. And um, I've always, I've always done it. And it, and it goes back to good old Sir Terry Wogan. Um, my characters always have really silly names. So, um, for example, there's a, you know, you might have a barmaid called Fleur, Flirtatious. <laughs> um, you know, there's, there's a, my, one of my personal favourites is Lord Elpus. Um, his <laughs> first name's Evan, Lord Evan Elpus. Uh, which we did at a, at a sort of um, a fun murder mystery once, just just so that someone could run in and say, "Lord help us, help us!" <laughs> make me laugh. Um, but just silly little things like that. So what I do is I keep the story fairly standard with various relationships going on and people finding out that they're related or they're a long lost twin brother or something like that. But I have got that element of the the names are a bit silly and the actors of my actors are very good at keeping it light hearted like that, but not being silly about it. Yeah. So it's challenging in that, you know, they really have got these clues that they've got to find out that will help to sort of come up with a solution. And we will, because a lot of the, um, really the main thing about our, my actors and myself when we're performing is improvisation. Yeah. Because we know what we, we, know, we obviously know our backstories, but what we say entirely depends on what we're asked by the guests and the delegates. Ah. And we're very good at kind of keeping it quite lighthearted in that, you know, we're in the way that we talk to the, to the guests, we're sort of, we, we joke with them a bit in character, obviously. And it, there's, uh, there's, um, there's that element that keeps it lighthearted, sort of having a joke with them. So the banter, the banter. Yeah, yeah. yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yet yeah, you've still got the, the challenges, you know, that you, this information is not easy to come by. We don't give it away lightly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. And then, 
so there's that there's the uh there's also the performance side so you do do like ev- events and you know there's the team building side and then use the entertainment side yes. as well is that a different way of engaging people do you find a different approach to it the the fundamental idea is the same um i mean we've got different um sort of devices we use to do the team building um we do the what we call live events which are sort of the ones i'm talking about now we also have a a sort of on-screen film that we've um, made which is an on-screen murder mystery which i facilitate myself and we're watching and so so that's there's less interaction with the actors obviously when we're watching that one but there's the interaction with me so i'm not in character there i'm there as myself Whereas with the um, ones where we're doing the live action, it's a similar, I say, it's a similar concept between the team building and the ones we do for fun in that we've got actors there who are in character yeah. and, you know, a, a scenario has happened and we are interviewed and interrogated in order to find the solution. But the ones that we do for fun, you know, sort of for venues or birthday parties or hen nights and things like that, we're, we're very much more over the top. You know, we've, we've got the silly names, but they, we can be ridiculous. I mean, yeah. some of the plot twists are just ludicrous, you know. <laughs> and whereas with, so, you know, it can be ridiculous. Whereas with the team building, we do keep it very much more, we've still got that lighthearted element, but there's, 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 there's less of that. There's less being silly. Yes. Um, and there's, more con- there's more, much more concentration on the actual getting the people to, to work together to, to solve it. Whereas, you know, it's almost like the solving of it when you're doing the party is, is less less relevant yeah um, and, and the fun aspect yeah. they're more interested in us you know sort of performing for them going back to how you sort of engage people when you're speaking to them I think it's quite easy to do that when you are playing a character rather than being yourself um so when I'm facilitating it's me and it's very you're sort of very much laid bare when you're talking as yourself but when you're in character it's much I find it much easier to engage because you're you're not you if that yeah. makes sense yeah there is that, it's, yeah, it's, it, it, I, I think that's right. It's, it feels like there's a almost like a layer between you and mm-hmm. and the, or that buffer, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I've never done stand up, um, and I don't think I would be able to do it. But I guess that's kind of how I don't know. But I would imagine that's similar to, to how you do stand up or how anyone does it. Really, is that you? You are you, but you are you're a, you're a persona, aren't you? When you're on stage doing that. Yeah, and I mean, I've done stand up as a character, and you know just as as me I think that's inevitably right you you do have a persona and I think what differentiates the comedians who's made who've made it and those who are kind of still finding their way or not is when you discover what persona works for you what clicks with you and what clicks with the audience and and that can take years to find I mean I don't know if I still to this day don't know if I if I 100% clicked with mine but you do have to be uh, you know, there's an element of vulnerability and you do have to still have some authenticity when you, you, you know, it's yeah. pretty raw when you're doing stand up. Yeah. It's often lots of personal stuff that you're putting out there yeah. and making fun at. But it's quite, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, it's, uh, well, I think you could do it. Well, I mean, I say anyone can learn how to do stand up. I'm pretty sure you'd be good. You could always, always do character stand up. I suppose so, yeah. <laughs> With my silly name <laughs> repertoire. <laughs> <laughs> the, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about today was the big pitch. Yes. So recently you had a, a win. I don't know if you want to. Yeah, I, it was it was a big pitching event, wasn't it? If you, yeah, you want to put some context around this, because because networking and pitching is also a big part of you know speaking. Absolutely. And stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I first um, sort of started doing this full time, I didn't really think that networking was going to be for me because I hadn't really. Um, 
I hadn't, well, I hadn't done it before and I just thought, this isn't, I don't think this is for me. And I just started, I went along to a couple and just, and, and have been doing it ever since. Um, I, you know, I really, I've, I've really sort of grown as a person and the business is just, it's just so lovely to meet other people who are in the same boat as you, are ahead of you. So I started um, doing that networking and through that I went to um, Buzz Connect, which is based in Newbury and entered their big pitch competition, which is sort of kind of like a Dragon's Den type competition where I went along to pitch my business to them in order to um, hopefully win uh, win a prize, which consists of lots of, you know, really invaluable help. And I just thought, you know, why not? I wanted to get my name out there a bit more, get a bit more sort of profile, knowing that I had a really good product, but just struggling to really get it out there and, and sort of explain to people what it is that I do. Obviously hoping I would win, but sort of just going into it thinking, at the very least, I'm going to go and practice pitching um, to this panel of people. Um, and I won, which was brilliant. So pleased um, to have done it. It's made a huge difference already. I've got lots of, um, the, the prize was basically lots of invaluable help from the ambassadors from Buzz, um, sort of helping kind. I've got sort of business coaching and HR support and things like that. It's been, it's been brilliant. I've certainly got my name out there, there much more than, than it was, which was the main, the main idea. Um, but in terms of um, writing the pitch, that was quite, it was quite, I found it quite difficult. Actually. That's what I was going to say. What did you do to prepare? Because obviously you, you, you were in it to win it. You went for yeah. it. What did you do to prepare? How did you sort of pick out what was important and, and all that good stuff? It's exactly what you say. I was in it to win it. I was, I, I, I was, I was kind of playing it cool going, well, you know, it will just be, it'll be a good experience. But obviously I was desperate, <laughs> desperate to win it. And I was really quite sort of like, right, this is, this is it. I'm going to really put my all into this. Um, and what I found difficult was that I wanted to put everything into it. Um, and you can probably tell from yeah. just having this conversation, I've, I've got a lot to say. And I kind of sometimes say, use 10 words when one would be fine. Um, and so I started writing it knowing I had 10 minutes to pitch. And the, my first draft would have taken me about half an hour to get through. <laughs> all right, I need to. I need to pare this down a bit because I wanted to tell them everything. You know, I wanted to start at the beginning and, you know, this is, I did this and I did that. Um, and a very good friend of mine just said to me, if, if it's not relevant um, and you don't think they'll be interested in it, just cut it out. Just if, if it's not, you know, it's not going to help you win. Um, be ruthless. Um, and I really did have to be ruthless. And it was, but it was basically, it's all in the planning. Um, and I know it sounds really boring, but that was exactly what it was. I, I started with everything written down, I gradually pared it down so that I had just the key points that I really wanted these people to hear about me. Um, and I went over it and over it and over it and I read it out and I took, did it to myself in the mirror and I did it to friends until I got it. So I knew it was 10 minutes long. So I knew I wouldn't be panicking about sort of filling time or rushing at the end. Um, and I, and because I'd planned it so well, I knew I knew what I was doing. I didn't, I had some notes with me, but I, and I, but I didn't read from them really. I just had them there as a sort of comfort, a sort of um, buffer really. Um, but I wasn't reciting it as if I was reading it from, from paper. I think I managed to get the, a good uh, cross between getting my point across very succinctly, but also being myself um, and sort of doing it in a sort of fairly chatty way. I also added an, added an element of murder mystery into it, obviously, because that was, it just oh, seemed like great. a no. So, so I had a couple of my actors came with me. And it was very much, it wasn't, you know, an obviously a full scenario or anything like that, but just had a couple of people with me. And I started off the pitch by saying, well, good, e good evening. I'm sorry, sorry to start with this bad news, but actually, um, I can't remember the character's name now. You know, there's been a murder. Someone you know, has been Excellent. killed. But obviously yes, he had a silly name. So they knew I was, they knew I wasn't really revealing that I'd been a murder. And I said, you know, and this, this lady standing next to me is his widow. Um, and the lady standing next to her is his solicitor. Um, you know, and I, and anyway, I wanted to get on and talk about four months of business. And then 
obviously we'd rehearsed this um, and then every so often they would sort of interrupt with a hang on a minute I hope you're not accusing me I've nothing to do with it and just really just every so often would would come out with that and afterwards the, the feedback from the panel were that it really it really made a difference because it was so different mm. um, and I mean obviously they knew they were there with me um but when they started sort of arguing amongst themselves about whether they'd killed this this guy or not they were a couple of them were genuinely like oh wow I wasn't expecting that to happen and then I had another actor planted in the audience um because it turned out I think I I said that I'd killed him in the end to in order to boost my my pitch and make it sound more interesting and then (laughs) the other actor got up and arrested me at the end so it was it was all excellent simple but a bit like it's not going back to what we were saying earlier just a bit silly um but it really and again going back to what we're saying about engaging them that the panel were engaged in what I was telling them because because of what was happening um but within that I managed to keep to my points and get get across the the message that I wanted to which was you know how I started where I was now and where I wanted to be and how winning the competition would help me get there yeah so no, that's, that's brilliant. I mean, I, one of the things that I talk about is having like a lightning bolt opening and closing. You know, you've got to get straight in there and grab grab yeah. their attention. And I think you that was quite, that was a shock, you know. And I think that yeah. you just it, it absolutely works. You know, if you can grab someone's attention from the start. And again, I'm that storytelling aspect. That sounds like that was woven through as well. Yeah. Um, but having a really clear, I call it a kernel sentence. You know, that core idea, mm-hmm. core message you want to get across and then building the presentation out yeah you sounds like you did the really really good job of that so thank you well I did it without really realizing that it had a I, you know that kind of light bulb moment I it's just I suppose when you when you when you write because I write a lot anyway and that that comes out in how I like to perform things so you know that there is that sort of beginning middle and end yeah um, and and um and I read a lot as well I think that's I don't people underestimate I think that the kind of power that that can have reading so much that you get so used to the way different people um create their stories and you get ideas from that that you can then bring into you know the world of work like I do I basically I suppose stealing from other people so getting get reading so much and and (laughs) how other people do it Um, there's only so many ideas to be honest they nicked all the good ones to be fair and everyone else is just But also these things are tried and tested and they work. It's like you say, you know, that it goes without saying that, you know, doing something like that, grabbing their attention at the beginning, weaving a story in, grabbing their attention at the end, and sort yeah. of ending it, is going to be more interesting than someone standing up and reading from a piece of A4 paper. It's, it's kind of obvious, but then if you don't do it, if, you, if you're not used to doing it, yeah. you need to be guided through it. Yeah. If that, yeah that makes or, sense. A, or a PowerPoint slide absolutely chock full of... Um, text yeah. that people yeah. then just sort of turn around and read and all the audience yeah. is the back of your head for the or, whole even, or even worse the yeah, basically the person who's facilitating it just reads what's on the screen <laughs> you think what <laughs> what was the point of I that? Could do that myself yeah exactly exactly cool well congratulations on that that's that's Thank awesome you. and and i and i can see why well, as, as i say the website's fantastic if that's helped to do it's, it's, it's brilliant um one thing i've got some standard questions which i am going to be asking all my uh, podcast guests which i'm going to come on to but just one thing and i'm you know obviously we're both women uh, entrepreneurs and i've got a child and you've got children as well I, I think yes. and you know one of the things that I saw in your blog was around running a business is hard and I'm conscious I mean, it's, we're recording this now it's just beginning of September August has just gone and yeah. how do you find the being an entrepreneur and the summer holidays um 
Yeah. How is that? Do you pause? Do you turn business off? Do you work around the children? How how do you manage that? It's such a, a juggling act. It's and even now, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, right, it's quarter past two. I've got an hour till I've got to pick the kids up. It's just always in the back of your mind about that kind of thing. And um, I think for me, over the summer, it's all in the organisation. I've, I've had summer holidays in the past where I haven't really planned ahead, and I've just thought, oh, well, it'll be fine. I'll just kind of, you know, we'll 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 sort it out. And then I've ended up you know the kids are there and I'm trying to work and they're there and I feel bad because they're I've just shoved them in front of the television you know that you probably know exactly what I mean I'm hoping I'm not the only one that's ever done that and um, but this time around I really did try and go right you know my business is very important my children are very important but I can't try and do both at once it's impossible so I really did just I just planned ahead set aside you know three days a week or you know however many hours I could and said this is the time that I'm going to sit down and I'm going to work and I will sort the childcare out so that they're somewhere else and they're doing something else and they're not you know um and I and I just really did that and I so I just tried to split it I definitely took my foot off the pedal definitely I mean I haven't worked as much over the last six weeks as I would normally it's without without doubt and I think but I think a lot of people are in that same boat and not even necessarily because of the children I think just generally things slow down over the summer because obviously other people are away on holiday but I can't switch it off completely but I, again it sounds boring but it is it's all in the it's all in the planning, planning. and saying right Tuesday I'm going to take the children out for the day and I'm not going to worry about you know doing a blog post or anything I'm just going to do that and then so then on Wednesday when I'm when they're at this club or that club I can concentrate on this work and not you know it's, it's about getting your head in the right space rather than because I think that's what that was what how I why how I got to the point of writing that blog and it was after the Easter holidays and um, where I'd been building up to doing a sort of corporate event in um it was a sort of corporate open day and I was trying to pull all this together and it was so hard um, because I hadn't really organised myself properly and I just really struggled getting it all done. And I got it done, but it was really, it was a struggle. Yeah. Um, and out of that came this blog where I just thought, this is, I feel like I've come out of some sort of, you know, some sort of mangle at the end of it. <laughs> and I got this thing done I just thought this this is this this shouldn't be this hard you know um, well, it sounds like uh, it sounds like you, you you sorted it out quite well some yeah. some tips there I might, <laughs> might <laughs> okay. I sound like I am I will still have days where I'm like CBBS is going on love CBBS brilliant okay right to wrap up I've got some questions for you okay. I'd like to know the best thing speaking has done for you. It could be career or personal. I know someone who did a great best man speech who said speaking got him a night of passion with the bridesmaid. He'd never forget, but <laughs> his wife wasn't too happy about that answer. But anyway, <laughs> he wasn't, she wasn't the bridesmaid. But yeah, what's the best, what's the best thing speaking has done for you? Best thing speaking has ever done for me. I think it's given me confidence, um, which sounds a bit sort of cliche, but it's, you know, there's lots of areas in my life where I'm not very confident. But standing up on stage and talking to people, I find re weirdly relatively easy. Um, and I think it gives me a, a sort of inner confidence that I can do that. Um, you know, I've had friends who the thought of getting up in front of even four or five people in a room absolutely terrifies them. And I think that makes me feel quite strong as a person that I don't have that fear, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that does make sense. I'm not sure so, if that's actually an answer to your question, but it's, it's yeah, it's given me a, a kind of, yeah, given me a strength. And a foundation, yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Yes, a foundation, yeah, that's exactly it. I think, you know, it, it means that I can, so for example, the big pitch we were talking about earlier, yes, I, I was, you know, nervous about it because I wanted to do well, but I didn't find it hard to actually um, execute. Yeah. In that mm -hmm. sense, yeah. 
cool okay um and now your biggest speaking blooper oh where where it all went horribly wrong because it doesn't always go right but we learn from these things so what what was yours i can't i'm you know i'm not sure i can think of one right as in speaking where i said the wrong thing but i always remember one of a murder mystery we were doing once where um it was a convoluted story where basically someone had been murdered um, and then they, their body was taken off and then they came back as their own twin brother later on. <laughs> um, and so in the finale, when we're stood up in front of all of these um, guests sort of doing this denouement and it was revealed and I said, well, actually, you know, so-and-so is that, and he revealed himself as his own twin brother. And then someone said, well, then there hasn't been a murder then, has there? It's not a murder mystery. And I just went, ah. <laughs> I think I was actually lost for words for once because I thought I've got no answer to that these people are a murder mystery they've paid money <laughs> and this guy's just gone well it's not a murder mystery no one's died <laughs> I'll have my money back then <laughs> I really think I, I can't even remember what I said to be honest I just I think that people then died after that so I well they hope it's all make up for it there was some gratuitous killing <laughs> yeah just murder some people and I think he was only kind of half joking I think he was really quite like affronted that happened. so I suppose that's probably a blue flag. I can't think of anything off the top of my head where I've actually kind of you know I haven't sworn by miss you know I haven't accidentally said you know said the wrong name or anything like that oh, no that's great. So far. <laughs> cool right last question Yes. There's a chap called Napoleon Hill and he wrote a book called Think and Grow Rich. And one of the things he talked about was having mastermind groups to help you sound, sort of sound ideas out and learn. And he had this sort of fantasy mastermind group he used to sort of talk to. I don't, I don't think he was unhinged. I think, I think, (laughs) but if you could choose three mentors and they can be alive or dead, real or fictional, choose and why? Um, randomly, I think the first person that pops into my head is Michael Crichton, who, for anyone who doesn't know, wrote Jurassic Park and lots and lots of other books. Um, and for a lot of people, Jurassic Park is this, you know, what people think of now as, you know, the films and everything. Um, his books are, in my opinion, absolutely amazing. They're, they're just those books that I could read over and over and over again. And I just think they're, I can't really, you know, kind of put it into words, but why, why they are. But I think he, he unfortunately, he's, he's not, no longer with us. He's, he's, he died a few years ago, I think. But I think he would be a fascinating person to, to, to kind of bounce ideas off. Um, really, really interesting. Um, um, Eddie Izzard. Oh, yeah, yeah. Again, just one of those few people that genuinely makes me laugh out loud. And you'll know just the power of laughter is brilliant. I've seen him live a couple of times. I think, you know, um, meeting him and actually, do you know, what? I'm, I, I would be a bit tongue tied because I'm not entirely sure what, what I would say. <laughs> <laughs> I just I think I'd be a bit in awe. Um, oh, crikey, this is so hard. Did you say three people? Yeah, go on, go for a third. Ooh, um, there's so many. I think it would probably have to be Michael Palin. Oh, OK who I I sort of got into um, Monty Python when I was a student, like kind of most people do, but again, read, read his diaries um, fairly recently and just got completely absorbed in them. And the, the thing, the thing I, I really admire about him, apart, apart from, you know, the, the obvious is that, I mean, he wrote these diaries every day. I mean, he's in his seventies um, and I think he still writes them and that kind of commitment to write it. I mean, I, when I was little, I was like, oh, I'm going to write a diary. And I think I wrote one page and then... January you know, 1st, didn't it? <laughs> it's 
because I am, you know, I, I love writing and that's one of the things I do. But that commitment of doing that every day, I just couldn't ever keep it up. It was just impossible. And I just think that that kind of blew my mind a bit when I read these these um, diaries, because not only are they a first hand account of from when he was a student to how the whole of the early Python years and how he sort of got to Hollywood and how all the films were, you know, just a background of how all this this thing was going on and what was happening in his life. But just that, you know, that that dedication to do that is is quite phenomenal i think that would be quite interesting to chat to him about i quite fancy reading those myself now yeah they're easy. really good i recommend them excellent <laughs> so i'm not yeah. sure if I, I will probably go home now and go oh i should have said <laughs> so and so but they were, the, they were the ones that sprang to mind and that's always the, probably the probably the best ones first ones that come to mind well yeah. helen thank you so much I had fun doing it it's been really lovely talking to you about well, it it's been lovely talking to you I've, I've i've got a lot out of it and i hope uh, everyone's got some great tips there for you know engaging audiences and audience interaction and, and i think you know one of the big things that's come through for me is preparation and planning you know yeah. they always say you know, you've got talent obviously helen but they always say hard work <laughs> tops talent every time but if you've got yeah. both you're, you're pretty good so um but thank you ever so much for sharing those uh, tips and sharing uh the stories and for, again everyone um if you want to have a special team building activity or or want to make some uh, party go with a, an extra well you know <laughs> an extra an extra bit of excitement um it's charadery.co.uk well thanks ever so much thank you very much and there you have it that was helen saxton from charadery and as i said at the end there you can find out more about charadery at www.charadery.co.uk you can also follow charadery on twitter with the handle at charadery and also on facebook it's the same at charadery Well, that was brilliant. I hope you got some useful tips out of that. I am going to be back next week. It's a solo show next week, and we're going to be talking about storytelling. So thanks ever so much as usual for listening. Really appreciate you taking the time out. And as ever, if you enjoy the show, why not subscribe so you don't miss the next one or the ones after that. And if you leave a review, that would be smashing. And also to tell people about the show, either on social media why not go old school and do it by word of mouth anyway thanks very much for listening you take care have a great week and don't forget grab life by the nuts and get cracking thanks for listening to the speaking club podcast at www.saraharcher.co.uk